Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast, which is being recorded, uh, as you might guess, not from a podcast booth, but uh, is actually at Frankfurt Airport, where I'm joined by Tyrone Marshall. It's the morning after Manchester United's crushing of LASK Linz, and we're also joined by, on another European away, a uh, special guest appearance by Simon Peach of the Press Association. Uh, PA Media, I tell you P- P- PA Media, so apologies for any background noise that you might get of tables or chairs screeching or coffee cups clattering away um, gentlemen I suppose given the current situation in the world we, we really should start with the coronavirus uh, or COVID-19 as it's um, as is, is the technical term for it uh, it's looking like United well almost certainly will not play this weekend we, we don't know when they may actually play ever again they've got a Thursday game scheduled in their Europa League second leg that looks very doubtful given the way things are going um son how how you do, do you think this is i mean i think i know your answer this but do you think it would be the right move to just postpone all the premier league games yeah i really don't understand why i haven't done it sooner and I, right, so we should say it's 8 a.m on the friday uk time so we're fully expecting by the time yes. many of you listen to this the premier league will have been suspended maybe at first just for a week but it doesn't feel like it will be if the peak of covid19 isn't going to be for a few months it's a really it's really hard to get your head around because i think a lot of people will have under and not given this the credence it deserves really the the, the, the illness um the virus the, but the way it's spreading it's now world health organization have turned uh, made it a pandemic and yeah it's I, I realised last night that's probably the last time I'm going to see a football match for a, for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ty, was that the strangest game you've ever attended in a journalistic capacity? Uh, yeah, quite probably. And I used to come to Burnley, so that's saying something. <laughs> I was about to win. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely surreal, wasn't it? It was an, an eerie atmosphere, apart from the 70 or 80 LASK dignitaries or fans in, in front of the press box who made a, a little bit of noise every now and again. It, it was a very bizarre game. I mean, it, it was a game that should never have happened. Even three hours before kickoff, it, it seemed probable still, or very possible, that the game would be called off. There was speculation during the day that UEFA were going to knock the Champions League in your own league on the head. I mean, that is inevitably going to happen next Tuesday. So, I mean, it's a case of when rather than if this second leg, uh, a case of if rather than when this second leg gets played at the moment, I would say. I mean, we were throwing around suggestions on the plane this morning and on our way to uh, to Linz Airport about how you fit the season in now and what you do and it is just impossible to work out what the scenarios is and, and how they how they finish the season and when they finish the season it's going it's to be fascinating to see how it plays out but like I say I, I can't see any way United are playing in the next few weeks at least and the reason it probably is so impossible is because there just doesn't appear to be any joined up thinking and no, I know I know no. on Tuesday you wait for bringing all 55 member associations together in a conference call to discuss coronavirus the implications on club and international competitions but why on earth did that not happen two weeks ago 
They were all yes. together yeah. at the uh, the Congress where they were all making jokes about do we shake hands or not. Maybe just uh, I don't know. It just it feels like people are acting too late. It, it does feel as though the whole situation has almost as if it's treated a bit too frivolously at first. Um, from, from United's perspective, obviously they put uh, a statement out the other day that they don't want players or staff posing for pictures or t- having you know having selfies with fans or signing autographs. Then a fan um, and, and an Austrian reporter asked Solskjaer for an autograph and a picture at the press conference and, and Solskjaer obliges because he's, he's a very diplomatic and, and amiable person. Um, should, we should also add that there were a lot of fans who have been given £350 to cover the costs of their travel, which was a very, very, very commendable gesture. Um, but a lot of United fans still, it seemed like the majority of them uh, who bought tickets for the game still came out uh, to Austria. Um, I mean, it feels very, very trivial just even talking about the game because goodness knows when the second leg is going to be played. But I suppose from a selfish perspective for United, it's... I mean, it is unfortunate that this momentum they've built up is about to be disrupted because they were very impressive again. Yeah, it, I that was so. I've done a game like that before. I did uh, Croatia England in Rijeka a year and a half, two years ago. But this was even stranger because United weren't only dealing with the fact that they were behind closed doors, but also they've got the cloud of uncertainty overhead. So I thought they did it incredibly well to keep their focus. Agalo's goal was incredible, uh, uh, brilliant. It brought about memories of Tony Uboa in the mid-90s, the, the good crash, crashing off the underside of the bar. Um, there were uh, not that many nervy moments, but there was... a. Uh, but they, they, they held firm United they kept their shape and kept patient which we've seen in the past they haven't had that cutting edge and they showed it I thought Dan James's goal obviously wasn't anything like Agalo's but it was very it was very well done and Pereira showed some quick thinking which I know he's not the most popular of players right now but I think he deserves a bit of credit for the way he way he did and obviously Bruno Fernandes is Bruno Fernandes yeah yeah um, I mean Ty with with Agarlo again it, it, it feels we have to have a, add a caveat here in that he's on loan until the end of the season yeah. that might be compromised by by the coronavirus um, issue in that He's contracted. He's contracted to United probably until the end of June. Um, the Chinese Super League isn't being played at the moment. Depending on what goes on with the Premier League, his, his loan might be cut short. But while we're at it at this current time, it is a pertinent question. It was asked last night whether he should be United should consider signing him permanently because he has had. Who asked the question? By the way, it was a very pertinent uh, it was, question. It was, Who asked? Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an upstanding journalist, handsome of, of Manchester Evening News reporter. But at the risk of asking this at a very premature stage of Agala's United career, should he be considered as a permanent signing? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a difficult one. I think you've got to have him under consideration now, especially if it... I mean, there's, there's so many ifs and buts. We could turn out that we have a three-week pre-season or a three-week transfer window, in which mm. case signing someone who you've already got at the club that you can probably do a deal pretty quickly for, you know what you're getting might actually make a lot of sense and then you can focus on deals for the likes of Sancho and Grealish and trying to get them done um, I mean I sort of scoffed at the suggestion of signing permanently not so long ago as I'm sure many people did but he he cannot do much more to, to stake his claim really I, I think 
mean, he's been absolutely fantastic, hasn't he? Every game he's played, every time he's come on, he has had an impact. His, I mean, even when he comes on for 10, 15 minutes at the end of Premier League games, he invariably gets a chance. His, he, he is always in the right place to get to get chances. We saw against Chelsea right from the, you know, his, his first actually first score. Yeah. And it, it feels like every game, maybe apart from that City game, he's come on. And, and had a good chance to score. And even against City, his, his hold-up hold play, play was exceptional. His hold-up yeah. play has been yeah. brilliant. His hold-up play again last night was, was really, really good. And he's got a smile. Yeah. I know that's yeah. awesome, but there's, there's it, been it too few players way. in recent years that don't well, it look. Felt, that it's, Man United's been a job rather than... Yeah. yeah, It felt to me, even when he signed, that he, he almost provided a lift to the place and to the supporters because of just his raw enthusiasm of, of playing for the club. For... You know, for, for the last, for a lot of the last six years, it's felt like a bit of a chore watching United to, to a lot of those fans. There's been some dreadful football, some dreadful results. And you covered Burnley. Low moments, and I covered <laughs> Burnley, yeah. Um, and and Igalo coming in and just expressing like how much of a dream this is to play for the club. And I think it kind of, you know, reminded the fans how, how special the club is to, to some people. It just felt like, even before he played, it felt like he'd given the place a lift. I do feel that at the moment it, it would make sense for United to sign him. When you take a squad to a World Cup or European Championships, you talk about having good tourists when you get towards the yeah. bottom of the, the depth chart, if we want to get to American speak. He might only be fourth-choice striker, but if you know you've got a fourth-choice striker that is pinching himself to be there, will give his all every time he gets on the field and won't kick up a fuss that he's behind yeah. two, three other players... Why wouldn't you? Yeah, what you don't want to do is sign a big-name striker that impedes Mason Greenwood's development at the moment. Mm, yeah. And Igalo's not going to do that. If Greenwood takes off next season and finds himself above Igalo, Igalo's not going to kick up a fuss at that. If you spend £30, £40 million on a bigger-name striker, you might well demand to be playing more often. Well, look at Tottenham. The struggles they've had when Harry Kane inevitably gets injured and misses a chunk of the season, they don't have an adequate replacement. Or United have an adequate backup. Why wouldn't you try and get a deal over the line? You might have to take a wage cut, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think I think the, the impression he gives is that he wouldn't be bothered about that, given that he's, he's got the thrill of three hundred grand and hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the. Um, even that might hit him at some stage even though he's very very enthusiastic about playing for him and he stops in mix zones which is important which is also important uh, I suppose the other aspect is, of it is that at a time where Rashford's out in the long term and there's obviously there's the concern of Marshall having to take on a, a greater workload they have been allowed to rest Marshall because of Igalo Igalo has obviously come in and scored goals against teams that okay it's you know, the, the fodder if you like the championship side Europa League side but his impact overall has been very good. Marshall's been allowed to rest. I think Marshall's completed one game since since Carlo came in. So even though he's injured at the moment, um, and you wouldn't imagine. Well, again, we're talking about injury timeframes. It just it just seems rather pointless. Uh, but that's been another. Mason Greenwood's going to be 25 when United next play. Well, yeah, the, yeah. We, the, unfortunately, that's the, 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 there are a lot of variables uh, going into United's next game, whenever that may be. So, uh, just just to stress again, we're recording this at uh, 10 past eight. It is now UK time. Um, the Premier League are probably going to announce by the end of the morning that the games for this weekend have been postponed. So, there'll be caveats galore in this podcast recording. Uh, you touched upon Dan James. Um, I mean, I've, I've felt in recent weeks he has been gradually improving I know there are a lot of United fans who still get frustrated by him 
he's possibly an easy target as well mm. with a certain United fan demographic in that he's a British player so automatically by then if you're not producing you know you need, you need the more exotic names to come in but he got his goal uh, last night it was very similar to you know the goals he scored or some of the goals he scored in, in August um, overall he has done pretty well this season despite that little two month slump he's had yeah and I think people underestimate and plenty of players have spoken about in the past about going from a mid-sized Premier League club to Manchester United and what a culture shock that is well imagine someone that couldn't even get in the team at Shrewsbury was how many years ago yeah. was that time tough team to get into well, was it two years two ago two seasons ago, two seasons yeah. ago yeah. couldn't even get into the side on loan had one breakthrough season at Swansea yeah. and then hit the ground running United have probably got more out of Dan James than they could have expected this yeah. season yeah. same with Agarlo they, they've yeah. got more out of him than they probably could have expected Dan James was always a to me a smart buy 15 million pounds or whatever it was is is chump change uh, at, it, 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 in the current market I think his overall fee because I, I no doubt the add-ons will go up yeah. to 18 million his overall fee would still be cheaper than what they bought Van Nistelrooy for in 2001 see uh, and he, he he gives you an option he, his pace is crazy um, and he again he's someone that plays with a smile on his face he's uh, and look and I hadn't really thought about this he does play with a smile on his face but imagine if you were his age and dealing with the stuff he's had to deal with yeah exactly with his, yeah, with his well, father, father so yeah. to, to have done as well as he did and to it's, it's pretty pretty incredible really he was clearly a smart signing and, and a great bit of business for the long term but I, I think it was unrealistic to expect him to be playing every week this season at that he's a very callow 22 year old in terms of experience like I say it wasn't until September last season that he first started playing regular men's football he'd had less than a full season in the championship and then Sunday moves to United it, it all happened so quick for him he didn't he doesn't have a great bank of experience in terms of playing senior football and what he does has come for a mid-table championship team so to suddenly throw him into the Man United team and expect him to to deal with the, the glare of the spotlight and be playing every week I think was unrealistic but it's been a case of needs must I mean shorter numbers in attacking areas all season and he's probably suffered because of that in that he's not been able to be taken out of the team and given a rest and he's kind of had to, to play through his, his barren spells and his tough spells and he's not in need of a rest but like I say there has been size recently that he's getting better he was good against City his decision making is still iffy at times but it was much better last night in the way he took his goal You've got to have a bit about you as a Manchester United player for Neil Custis to really like you as well does he? Yeah, I, 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 su- I suspect Neil has a soft spot for Daniel James because of the puppy video. Oh yeah, uh, to be fair, that's a good video. Yeah, yeah. I've if got he, a soft spot for him as well because he, he grew up near where I live. Yes, yeah, he's, yeah. he's obviously he's English, Yorkshire English born, Yorkshire born, I should say. Uh, but he, uh, he didn't care when I mentioned that to him, he just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't have so cared any tell, less. He, he's actually stopped in the mix zone this season. Well, yeah, just the once. Um, it was his birthday as well, which I didn't realise until I was like, why does he look so grumpy? Ah, oh, because I'm dragging him away to talk on his birthday. But no, he's, he's, uh, he's, a, he's, he's got something about him. Yeah, he has. He definitely has. He definitely has. In- England's last Wales' game, um, unfortunately for Wales, you know, the European Championship might be a, a fair way off for them as well. Um, so, th- I mean, 
the, the tie feels so over that you, you might as well not play a second leg anyway whatever that second leg uh, it might be in luck be. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're, we're, we're all you know we've, we've made this trip anyway um, a lot of fans made the trip as well it was very um, good of the Linden's police to let fans actually watch from there was there was a gate if, if you're watching the game there was one stand there was one open end but the stand the end opposite to that the gates uh, the entrance gates to the stadium were you, you could actually look through them and see the pitch and some United fans did that uh, and were you know, singing the songs at the start of the game and after United scored goals so they managed to catch a glimpse of it and you know there, there were half and half scarves being sold outside which they'd already been know, printed hadn't they they had yes, yes. Very much so. yeah yeah and uh, it, I mean perverse perversely it might be a, a, a nice well a souvenir edition you got given five that, didn't you probably worth uh, a bit of years to come the, the only I, I'll admit I've got Man United one, last game I have one half and half <laughs> scarf but it was bought for me and it was a certain final European final in 1999 so I'll, I'll leave it at that um, yeah the cup winners cup final at <laughs> Villa Park um but these these travelling sports do deserve a mention for still coming out here. Yeah. Or to Austria. We're in Germany now, but it's it's still fantastic support. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of them had non-refundable travel, mm. um, but they still came out. They still there was everywhere you went. There was just a couple of people. It was all rather tame and quiet, but they enjoyed the sunshine. Enjoyed the. The local beers. I know one fan that managed to get into the into the stadium. Yes, yeah, I heard one. Uh, he, not the one I think you're thinking of, but another one. I was told that two got in. I've I've been shown a picture of their their vantage point when they snuck in, but there was another talk that one got in, lasted three minutes, was turfed out, and got a thirty euro fine. Well, I know of one guy that was sat in the press box uh, and somehow managed to blag his way in as a journalist, <laughs> but he. Uh, uh, yeah, I've known him for years. I went, how are you in here? And he went, Dawn. And I was like, all right, we'll speak later. So he did well. He there was, did really there was, well there. There was one lad who uh, claimed to have an NUJ card outside the ground who uh, was name-dropping one of our one of our players yeah, yeah, who, yeah. who could not be who could not be in Austria, unfortunately. He was at Anfield on uh, Wednesday night. Would it have been? Yes, Wednesday night. He was, he was saying he was a friend of him. Are there any spare parts going along? Uh, Neil Custis looked in, in great form in that he was... Ken Lawrence. Ken Lawrence. <laughs> 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 just, just to clarify on that, uh, Ken Lawrence, the, the Suns reporter, was out here, but his accreditation read Neil Custis as he was a uh, an 11th hour replacement for Neil, who unfortunately couldn't make this trip. Um, but as I said, it's, it's it's not exactly one to tell the grandchildren about, but it was a, it's a good experience. I don't think I'd tell the grandchildren about no. many of the games I've been to, but at the same time, it was one that you will remember. Yeah, a lot of these Euro- one for the Anorak. A lot well. of these European games end up just, they all kind of merge into one. It has to be something pretty special to yeah. remember it all different, and this is this is one of them. And I'll, I, I did I did feel privileged to be there because so many people had travelled yes. that way yeah. and weren't able to get in. But, but hopefully there will be some more European travels to come because, as you say, United are through already. It did sound like on the last conference call the number of mentions of coronavirus where maybe at the time in, in retrospect we were all looking at thinking Meanwhile, uh, Alibaba Yeah, yeah <laughs> that was a we're, we're, we're all thinking yeah, okay it's, it's a China-only problem and of course it isn't anymore but it did seem then at the time that the, um, the sympathy United expressed to people who tested positive for it or was suffering from it or died from it uh, sadly 
was also their kind of subtle way of saying, unfortunately, we cannot, we just cannot go to Asia for pre-season now. I didn't take but, it like that, but that is an interesting. Well, I, I thought. Uh, look, I know those sense. calls can be crass, but I thought it was it was quite a sincere statement. Woodward, yeah. even, Woodward even spoke about it. Normally, that section of the investors call is left to Richard Arnold. It's it's kind of United's way of throwing Richard Arnold under the bus during these calls. So Woodward doesn't have to talk about the app and Alibaba and and Trump and yes. impeachment. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brexit. Yeah, Brexit on Twitter mm. as well. Um, but, but fortunately, Odin Agarlo's come a long way since he trended number one on, on deadline day. Um, in terms of pre-season, I mean, a lot of United fans obviously don't don't make those trips, but there's probably more interest in what's going to happen there now, given the state of the world and the state of the, the footballing calendar. Uh, I mean, even with that, at the risk of looking too far ahead, but I don't think we are necessarily, given that the Euros could be put back a year, clubs, not just United, surely are going to just have to take a, very, a, a commercial hit and just have a close pre-season or... I think a club like United could still make a fair whack even from doing it locally relatively locally well they had a very successful friendly in Dublin a few years ago went to Cardiff Uh, Cardiff as well yes yes obviously yeah Hampton Park or one Wembley in Scotland yeah Yeah. I mean that's probably going to be free this summer so yeah yes yeah yeah, it's a a strange one obviously they were looking at a few things India was mentioned they've never been to India yes on a pre-season tour that I believe I saw yesterday have cancelled tourist visas uh, in India so and you would know having well I had to get a journalist visa but we won't go into that that was an absolute (laughs) nightmare was that worse than China as well oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. that that was bad enough Um, yeah they're going to have to change a lot of their plans but it, it, I don't really understand how they can even look at pre-season no, no. They, we don't know I when don't, it'll be don't no. know when it will be you don't know where the inf- the virus will still be if it's still around it's I, as I said to you guys earlier when we were walking through the world's largest airport it feels like um I've never felt so unsure about what's going to go on. Yeah. I know it's only football, but this is our livelihoods, and we don't know where people are going. Fans don't yeah. know what they're doing. We don't know how it's going to impact people's jobs in all walks of life. How football? Um, people use football as uh, as a form of escapism. And yeah. what are Sky Sports News going to do for the next three months if all sports are cancelled? It, it, it might just have to merge with with Sky News. Yeah, I don't, it's just, 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 it's, just it's such a rapidly changing yeah. situation that in the wake of Dortmund cancelling their tour of Asia in pre-season last week, I asked United. I, what that, that, I didn't realise that. Yeah, they yeah. they cancelled last week. I asked United what their plans were and got back a statement that didn't really tell us a great deal. But at the time, that kind of felt like the biggest issue or the biggest talking point around the coronavirus and how it's going to affect pre-season. And now, less than a week on, it's way down the list and things are a lot more imminent and we don't know when the season's going to end when next season's going to start it's just all a bit surreal isn't it yes. we're sat at yeah. an airport bizarre, now isn't it? surrounded by people there aren't very, there aren't that many people with face masks on there are a few was it actually weirdly I mean, we came this route on Wednesday and I would say there's a lot more in face masks today than there was on Wednesday and that's really still yes. Yes. I agree, yeah. I, I agree yeah, but I there's still probably only 2% of people 1% yeah, of people yeah, probably, like, probably. there's not that many and, and they've, the advice is that the masks are not 
that effective. They're not that anyway. effective, but it, it's, I think they're better than not. Yes. But, um, yes. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's all so surreal, isn't it? It doesn't. Yeah. The, the, there's, it, I mean, surreal is is the only go-to word for it. I mean, in your in your story that you did, Ty, the the word that um, United use was monitoring, or the phrase was monitoring the situation. Monitoring it, is, it is, it is very easy to deride that statement, but given the state of play, it's probably, it's probably the logical stance on things. It is, yeah. I mean, they said they were monitoring it day by day, which at the time felt like the line, but I mean, it, it was fairly obvious. And is, I mean, you, if you're monitoring it day by day at the moment, you're probably monitoring it too slowly, to be honest. It, it feels like you need to be monitoring it hour by hour. We were talking yesterday about how quickly yes. things things change. Yeah. I mean, the Premier League statement last night's the classic example that within 50 minutes of saying all games are ahead, one of the managers has, has tested positive. Well, la- last night, the statement from the Premier League announcing that all the games were, were on came at half past nine UK time. The statement that came from it was 63 minutes after saying every game's going ahead yeah. was a statement saying emergency meeting because yeah. the Arsenal managers got uh, coronavirus we, we shouldn't laugh but I think we should, we should stress that we're laughing at how visible the, um, the, pre- oh, the leadership the Premier League the leadership the, situation. the government leadership seems a little lacking I'll put it politely as an impartial news agency um, but in terms of the sport I mean what on earth are the Premier League and the EFL doing? I'm yeah. sure they, they've got some good decision makers some of the decisions they've made over the years you can't trust them when it comes to something like this no well we, as I mean even before we um, we flew out here there are some players in self-isolation after they came into contact with the Olympiacos opener uh, who tested positive for, for COVID-19 and since we whilst who's we've also been, the Nottingham Forest owner yes. the EFL haven't done anything yeah. about that and of course um, just, just overnight uh, Manchester City players tested it's been tested for it Cullen Hudson Adoy uh, tested positive for it you've had the Leicester um, a few Leicester players obviously been put in self-isolation as well. as well Watford has come up as well it's probably a matter of time unfortunately until a United player tests positive or is tested for it and, and forced to go into self-isolation as well I said it's, it's a very very surreal experience uh, just just covering it never mind fans not being able to go and, and watch their team and th- there are livelihoods at stake uh, lower down the, the football pyramid especially in the football league where clubs obviously are heavily dependent on gate receipts um, while you're here uh, Simon you made the news as well this week uh, I always make the news that's my job um, <laughs> became the news this week <laughs> yeah inadvertent um, well yeah basically the flight from Frankfurt to Linz on the way out on Tuesday evening I was feeling very smug I was going to have a nice sleep in on Wednesday uh, get all the travelling done and beat any travel chaos turns out the uh, engine didn't the right engine didn't decide to work on the flight uh, so ten minutes into the journey I'm awoken by a, sh- a shuddering and a shaking Austrian man to my right by the window as we were right over the pointing at the flickering orange glow outside um yeah so uh, that, uh, to be honest I think it unnerved him more that I put Narcos back on and continued watching my TV show than the engine uh, but I saw the air stewardess and she seemed quite relaxed and I may have had some uh, but they are trained to look as relaxed oh, as oh she looked pretty relaxed so it worked for me but yeah you were in a relaxed mood I, suppose, well, I, I was in a relaxed mood exactly I, yeah. I uh, 
Sources, sources close to uh, Paul Hurst of the Times uh, claimed that Simon said, uh, "Tell Luke I love him." Uh, amid, amid fears over the uh, over, over the security of, of everyone on board. But I suppose if you've seen the film Sully and you hear the word where they always say "brace, brace, brace," you know, if if they're not saying those words or no. not, um, then you no, should be fairly. Look, they handled it really well. Yeah. They the, the pilot got us down. Lufthansa put us up in an airport in a hotel. I'm so. <laughs> tired we haven't slept much we should also no, have no, had about four hours sleep <laughs> but um a rather surreal one not a rather surreal experience one of many this week yes yeah. hopefully yeah. not one i'll be repeating um and yeah it's, it's always nice when you become the story yes yes uh as, as purely pointless as this section is no doubt going to be but given that united are pl- oh sorry due we're going to draw are we going to guess week, when yeah. the next game is but yeah. uh i mean this is this podcast would have come out after the embargo section is um uh, the embargo stories have come out. Uh, Solskjaer was, was asked about Mourinho, Tottenham, because that's who was Good question, that one as well, wasn't it? Um, what was he, the question, he, Samuel? He did, he did, he what did, was the question? He did slightly bite. I mean, I, I the way I phrased it was that uh, Mourinho had said uh, when he was a pundit back in September on the day United lost 2-0 to West Ham, that United were worse than they were under him last season. It was put to Solskjaer, a Tottenham worse under Mourinho than they were under Mauricio Pochettino. He didn't bite on that, but he did say it was pretty pointless to keep on going on about players who are injured, who are unavailable. Mourinho, of course, has been very vocal about not having Harry Kane, not having Son, Son Min. Uh, Stephen Bergvine is also um, out for the season, but might not be out for the season because the season could run until June and he might be back by then. As I said, this is a very caveat-heavy podcast. Um, Ty, you were there observing in your uh, guys as a Sunday reporter at mm. back. Was that a little nibble from Solskjaer? I thought so, definitely. Yes, definitely. He, um, like you say, he was he was determined not to bite at your first question, but second time around, couldn't help himself. Yeah, he couldn't help himself, and it was well it was well phrased to give you to give you credit. <laughs> and he, um, yeah, he he clearly made that point about. You, know, you, you mentioned Mourinho talking about Son and Kane and he's had it comparable with Pogba and Rashford and he just shot back with, well, I don't talk about them, do I? And it was very clearly uh, a dig, a very, well, a not-so-subtle dig, really, that, yeah. that he has had injury problems to, to talk about but hasn't bemoaned his luck in the manner of Mourinho, who has barely shut up about bemoaning his, his luck. It, it, it was, it, it's a valid comparison because United were, certainly in the first two, three months, they were terrible for large parts of it, but they did have injury issues and when a key player like Marshall came Marshall back, they looked yeah. like they were a bit more on it as well. Um, Simon, you've you've obviously spent time covering Tottenham uh, and you have a very special relationship with Monsieur Pochettino as well. How how does how does this Spurs side compare to to his Spurs side? And, and I, I suppose in his last year at Tottenham, it, it did start to unravel. Yeah, I mean, reaching the Champions, Champions League, League final. Yeah. The caveat of that again. I think the spirit um, that top, that made Tottenham special is gone. Yes. or has been largely eroded. Um, they've still got talented individuals, but now they're individuals. 
my issue with Jose when he was at Manchester United was that United kind of when they did win were bludgeoning side just by the pure quality that they had in the individual players not necessarily the formation or style that they'd been put out in um, and it feels like that's how Tottenham have got results but when that doesn't work mm. it doesn't work quite spectacularly as we've seen at Man United and with Spurs recently I don't buy into the whole Jose is, is a busted flush thing I still don't think there's many managers that can change a game from the bench quite as well as him but I don't it didn't feel like a natural fit Jose and Tottenham no and it, especially given how miserly the chairman is and how demanding Mourinho can be in a transfer window as well I mean that's that's going to be brilliant at some point um, whenever we get to the transfer window yeah yeah yeah, no, no, yeah. Uh, two very strong characters you wouldn't be surprised to see them butt heads but I, I think Pochettino will be as the years go by his legend will grow at Tottenham and I think they'll realise what they've missed and I think the players will realise what they've missed as well I understand that they may have got bored of his techniques his personality but come on have, have a look at yourself yeah, yeah. Mm. He, he's well I know Wande Ramos won a trophy but Pochettino uh, certainly is the best Tottenham manager they've had in in decades anyway uh, just I mean a lot of United fans still say you know get rid of Solskjaer when the, at the end of the season get Pochettino in that that does feel very unlikely at the moment given the which oh, vein of form United yeah. are in the fact that we've not really spoken about Pochettino no, no. for weeks yeah. apart from the fact that playing Tottenham says everything yeah, yeah. it's not felt like Solskjaer's been under the cosh since possibly um, the first press conference back from the winter break where of course there were serious allegations about um, a former player of his at Mulder yeah. and he was confronted with those allegations at the press conference then United beat Chelsea and it's been pretty you know, serene for them since then but on Pochettino I mean again depending on the coronavirus depending on when the season ends depending on United's form uh, I mean he's, he's already said that he wants to you know, get back to management and, and he wants to manage in the Premier League which does seem to restrict his options to one club uh, do, do you see another I mean he, he's got a close to, he played for Paris Saint-Germain you'd possibly say Paris Saint-Germain would be an option but do you think he would settle with taking let's say over a year off because he was sat by Tottenham in November can, can you can you foresee him just in the summer not having a job um, I think he's smart enough not to just jump into anything but I, you're, you're one of the only people I've actually heard bring up Paris Saint-Germain which to me has always been a quite a logical choice he was captain there I yes. mean he, he, it's not like he went on loan there for three months and that was it he, he was a big presence there and he's, they would help him fulfil his ambitions in win those trophies that he hasn't, he hasn't managed to do yet despite coaching the mighty Southampton um, personally well, I, know, I know he wanted the Man United job yeah he did I presume he does. still does <laughs> um, but that job unless the rest of the season whenever that happens if it happens uh, kind of unravels like he did last season then I don't see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going anywhere all the noises you hear out the club is that he's safe and my hunch has always been that the only way he would go at, at right now is if he fell on the, his own sword which again seems very unlikely when things are going well so yes. I think Mauricio will probably be wisening up to the situation uh, at United and realise that he probably will have to take another job before. United won't lose interest in him I can't no. imagine but he won't take the job at Barcelona because he's an Espanol yeah. legend he said that in his book as well that he just wouldn't you know, he, he's a, somebody that asked him about it when they covered Southampton in 2013 also knows that yeah, um, yeah and I also asked him about the Hitachi 
cafe job back then and he started laughing in my face <laughs> that was another thing um, so Bayern Munich are interested but looks like Hansi Flick will get that job uh, Thomas Tuchel I know has got PSG through in the Champions League but he's not he, he's quite a divisive character and I can't see him being at PSG for long but how many other big clubs would... It does feel like there are... Uh, it just feels like a Paris Saint-Germain, even looking at the video of them mocking Haaland over what was a fake Snapchat video, that that is a nest of vipers there. Yeah. He he would also struggle to get them to buy in fully to what he wants. Yeah. He, he, yes. he does... Demanding. He's yes. demanding and he relies on young players that are willing to bend the knee in a way and just... It, it would feel like a big risk for a manager like Pochettino to go to PSG as well who like we say hasn't yet won a trophy who I mean what you win league on by just turning yeah, up yeah. exactly so you, even if you win league on and go out if you win league on and go out in Champions League last 15 the quarterfinals you're a failure aren't you yeah. Yeah. you're going to be judged on the Champions League yet winning the Champions League is incredibly difficult even for Paris Saint-Germain so it, it feels like it's uh, you know it's a, it's a huge risk because if you do if you just have but one, where does he go though Real Madrid well, wait Patience. Like we say, I, I think Solskjaer's pretty much in unsackable territory this summer now. Yeah, he's approaching that, isn't he? Um, yes. But just keep the powder dry. We've seen that things have imploded quickly before it united. So another big club will sack a manager within the first two, three months of next season, whenever that is. So just, if you've watched the team, maybe just be patient rather than, than diving into a job that... I think you're difficult to emerge with, with credit from unless you're in the Champions League. Well, if Hasselhoff doesn't sign his new contract, he's more than welcome back at St Mary's. There you go. <laughs> the, the Dream Alliance. Well, it was, yeah, oh, sorry, apologies for that. Waitress was just very politely asking if, if we were okay, but uh, I think that's a, a decent time to wrap it up on what's been such a, uh, a bizarre trip that a Manchester United player's father even asked how Simon Peach was getting into the game and he wasn't getting into the game. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Simon for coming on as a guest again. Thank you to Tyrone as well uh, for getting through this. We're all very bleary-eyed, but hopefully we've made... You know, just about enough sense of what has been a very very surreal United trip but a successful one uh, we'll doubtless do another one of these next week but goodness knows what we will talk about given that it's unlikely that the game against Tottenham Hotspur on Sunday will go ahead nevertheless if you'd like to subscribe to the Manchester Evening News' uh, Manchester Red podcast you are able to do that and if you would also like to leave us uh, a review on uh, iTunes that would be greatly appreciated thank you again for listening and enjoy hope you enjoyed this podcast podcast.